movies, bro, I so we grow Using procurement, program and control I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Oh yeah, I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Oh yeah, I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Good afternoon, everyone. This is the Business Zone with Chris Snow and Coach Gilbert Buchanan, your small business bar medic. And today, folks, we're going to have an amazing show. We want to say to all of you out there, happy Black History Month. And we're going to have some great Black History moments here today. We've got a very special guest. So co-host, how are you doing? I am good. This has been another one of those weeks. Uh, just super, super busy. I know you've been trying to reach me all week long. I, I, man, I, I'm sorry. I, all I can say is I'm sorry. I, I just, I don't even, I can't say nothing else. Man, I, I thought I was the busiest person out there in professional services land, but co-host, you, you take the cake, man. You take the cake. Yeah, right now I take the cake. I, I, I've had to, I actually had to turn some people down this week. It just got too wow. much. It was just like, I, I look, I, I can't. And it's it's tax season, you know. It was ten. It was ten ninety nine and due this week, so I had to physically go to some clients, um, and then others, of course, procrastinated. And then, <laughs> it, but it does seem like everybody wants to get on top of their taxes this year. That's uh, this good. Year. That, that's a good thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's a good thing if you're not in the business. <laughs> but uh, so everybody's been reaching out. My my calendar is scary. I cannot wait to March 31st because at that point, if you ain't got whatever you're supposed to be doing by that time with me, you you can hang it you up. You gotta wait. You gotta wait till next year or next you, year. You need to go visit some other people's. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that ain't gonna yeah. be me. But um, so helping people get their get that done, and then of course my regular client client list is um quite active. But uh, yeah, it got Friday. Friday came really quick, but I am yes. happy. Yes. I love Black History Month. Not that I don't celebrate Black History. So today, you guys can't see it, but I'm Black. Oh, where's mine? Where's my T-shirt? I didn't month, want. But this month, I'm Blackity Black. Yeah. <laughs> so, everybody know I'm Black every day, every month of the year. But this uh, month, I go into the extra blackness. <laughs> this this month you're super black. <laughs> I'm, I'm super black. So this is my favorite because it's a time that, and not that we shouldn't be doing this all the time, honoring right. our 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 uh, heroes and sheroes, both yes. of the past and those of the future. Right. And so I'm always excited because I always am looking for new people, not the regular old people that everybody talk about every year. I'm yeah. always looking for new people to share and, and looking and, for new talents and new assets, yeah, new assets. So today we well, he's not a new talent uh, that we have on today, but we have someone that's really been pioneering uh, some new new uh, uh not new skills, but he's put a twist on some of the skills and, and, and made it his own. And now he's gonna he's helping incorporate it in the school system. So we're really proud of him. Met him a number of years ago. We've actually had him on um 
the community, uh, on, I'm sorry, on the business zone, when we first, uh, probably in the first or the second year, we had our show when we yes. first launched our show. So he's coming. He's he's done some amazing things in those uh, in these six years or so, almost seven years uh, yeah. in his business. And he's become bi-coastal. And so we're excited about that. But today we're going to be talking at the first half of the show. We're going to be talking about Marcus Garvey, which you have a lot of uh, you're paying. You really want to pay homage to mainly yes. because he's a fellow Jamaican. Yes. And um, and I guess you feel some major synergy towards yes. him. <laughs> right. Some, some sibling, some siblingship. <laughs> okay, right. So we're going to talk about him and, and what he has done. And, um, you know, and when I think about the Marcus Garveys and Martin Luther Kings and, um, you know, the, you know, those from the past, those from the, the current, the Obama, uh, Barack Obama, Mar uh, uh, um, Malcolm uh, X, Martin Luther X, King, right? Uh, um, Muhammad Nazareth, Muhammad, yeah, with with the business zone, even Skip yeah. Cooper. Yeah, these are all. Hey, Greg, these are all trailblazers that really believed uh, in their people and really yes. wanted to make uh, our lives different, and and yeah. they, they made major sacrifices in their yeah. Own lives yeah. in order to make lives better. And I don't know, and I could be wrong, and if those those out there in listening land, um, if you want to um, rebuke me on, me on this, I welcome that. But I don't know if there's anyone out there willing to make the sacrifice that, that, that they made for yeah. our people today. I don't think there's anyone willing to do that. And well, beside you and I, we don't know of anyone because I know I'm I'm ready to die for small businesses and entrepreneurship. Because and the same thing with Marcus Garvey, he he died for entrepreneurship, right? And and not too many people are willing to get to that level. You know, they'll they'll talk stuff, and then as soon as the heat start coming to them, then they back off. We're not backing off. I mean, if you guys want to kill us for our our views and our support in small businesses. And, and the disenfranchisement of small businesses, then you can try to do that. You know, I, I don't mind dying, going down, supporting small business, you know, that and econo black economics or brown economics in, in our in our community. So, yeah. Right. And, and it's that passion. It's just having that passion, seeing that we have something that can really change, but we, but it needs to come from not just a handful of us. There are, there are people out there that really are doing it. I mean, TJ is doing it every, in their own spaces. You know, yeah. I had some guys yeah, on, on the community briefing yesterday and we had a powerful uh, conversation and there are those out there, but, but overall, um, there's a, I was reading a book and you guys go on Amazon and, uh, look for a book called intellectual slavery. <laughs> and it, you don't want to lose it. You don't want to lose you that way. Gilbert. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to lose you. Um, but, um, there's a book that I'm reading called intellectual intellectual slavery. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's written by an African guy and he's uh, African. Uh, he's from Nigeria. And he's talking about how, when we were all colonized, uh, they, they took our, our language, they took our religion and they took our culture 
And yeah. what they left us with was a learned helplessness. And yeah. that's what I see. When Sometimes even when we're talking to our clients and you're going, you can do this, you can do this. And they're like, I don't know, maybe yeah. I can. And then yeah. you, you got to go into the real rah-rah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and then you got to keep rah-rah until you don't have much rah-rah left. But you got to <laughs> keep rah-rah so that, they, that your infectious uh, and, and passion seeps into them and then yeah. they start fighting for themselves. And right. so that really set with me and um, uh, that learned helplessness. And I think that's yeah. what we, we are experiencing with our people. But I will say this for our younger generation, we really have to come out of that. Uh, I know we're, there's a lot of pain out there, but we got to figure out how we can overcome because um and so we're yeah. going to continue to uh, uplift and to um, be very blunt and intentional about people from our past that that they didn't cross. They, they crossed the boundaries to make yes. a difference. Yes, we, we don't want to we don't want to we, we got to eradicate that learned helplessness because, right. you know, it's that massa mentality that we got to get rid of the crab in the barrel mentality and the, the, the learned helplessness are those crabs in the barrel that you know they're afraid to come out as, as soon as one of them try to get out then the rest of them drag him back down say hey you can't get out and leave us you know massa will get you stay down here with us where are you going you know so that's what we're trying we're trying to eradicate right now from our our mind you know like bob marley one of our our or idols say yeah. e e emancipate yourself from mental slavery none yeah. but ourselves can free our mind and that's what we're doing right now we're getting rid of all of that i want to say shout out to to marian lopez marian thank you Hi, for man. joining us marian is marian is one of our clients and we've been working with her for a while helping her with her business she makes some amazing cheesecakes cheesecakes she make and and uh uh, those cheesecakes are um, gluten-free, gluten-free cheesecake. And she's been trying to get into some of those supermarkets, some of those stores. So shout out to her. And uh, hopefully we can help to get her into some of those stores so she can sell her products. Awesome. So, awesome. Yes, well, yes. Hello. Welcome, Marion. We're glad to have you on the Business Zone. I yes. uh, hope you enjoy the show today. Yes. And, uh, and we have to get it doing... Um, Women's Business Month next month. We definitely have yes. to get Marion on. So yes, Marion. Gilbert, <laughs> yes. Gilbert will reach out to you and get you the information. We'd love to hear about your journey and help however we can help you get your business um, really uh, promoted out there and get you into those big box stores. I actually have someone that is in a big box store and maybe you might like to have a conversation with her. She's been in Ralph and Albertsons and um, Vaughn's and smart and final uh, for many, mm. many, many years. Yes. And so you might want to have a conversation on how that, how she made that happen. So. Right. And Marion says she's now in Dash Mart, which is oh. amazing. That's a good, that's a good uh, uh, success for you there, Marion. And Congratulations. we want to we try to get you in Ralph's. We want to get you in, you know, all of those uh, Vaughn's, 
all of those stores, man, it's because your cheesecake, they mean a lot. I've tried them. I've purchased them before. We've used them for birthdays, anniversaries, loved ones, you know, you name it. So, and your her business is called Mama Cheesecake. Mama Cheesecake. It's ah, amazing. Well, that Marian says a lot Lopez. right there. That oh, says a yeah. lot. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. So, Gilbert, I know you've been burning all week or since last week because you this is your topic you've been wanting to talk about. So, oh, you yeah. ready to kick it off? Let's so, so, before we get started, folks, we want to let you know that this may be a uh, mini series of the Marcus Garvey uh, program philosophy. You know, he was one of the first, um, the first, uh, 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 business coach, entrepreneur, consultant, just like Crystal and I are doing here on the Business Zone, who promoted buy black movement, you know, recycling your black dollars, you know, buy from um, other black business owners or brown business owners, circulate the dollars in the community. He was a first to bring that up. And then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. But before we get started on that, folks, I want you guys to go to YouTube, Hit that subscribe button. I want you to like our video, like our show, so that we can send you automatic notification to let you know when we're doing shows. Sometimes we don't just do shows on Fridays. We'll do shows, you know, at other times too, based on where we are, what we're doing. You know, my, my co-host, we call her the international ambassador and correspondent. She travels all over the world. You know, she goes to <laughs> Egypt. She goes to South Africa. You know, you name it. She's there. And sometimes when she's there, she's probably 12, 19 hours, you know, uh, um, time, time difference than what we have. So I got to make uh, adjustments for that time frame so that we can broadcast. And it may not be on Fridays only, but it could be on other days too. So you guys can get that notification. You'll be able to tap into the shows and see what we're doing. Another thing we want to throw out there, guys, before we get started on this. The Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert, we are trying and working on getting you guys, you small businesses, connected with in other countries. So you can sell your product to, to consumers in other countries. In you know, the South Africa, we talk about Canada, we talk about Kenya, Nigeria, all of those different countries, folks. You don't need to rely only on the, the, the customer base in the United States. You want to reach out to other countries as well. The United States has over 330 million people. That's just the United States. You got Nigeria. You got all those other countries that have hundreds of millions of consumers. So think about that. If you can get a bit, if you can get access to a billion consumers and you're selling, you're selling your product for a dollar or two dollars. Going to two, go to a billion people. Think about it. That's two billion dollars in revenues you're generating. So that's the kind of thing I want you guys to think about. So make sure you go to YouTube, hit the, the subscribe button, the like like video button. Go to. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn Live. We're on Facebook, and uh, we're on a, a few other uh, platforms. Right, Crystal? Uh yeah, we are actually your LinkedIn, Facebook. 
Twitter. Um, and if you if you're more partial to podcasts, audio podcasts, we're on all of the audio uh, uh, podcast stations, Apple Tunes, every uh, Google, um, you name it, we're on it. So which, however you listen to your pod, uh, podcasting, your audio podcasting, we're there as well. So just go on over there and check us out. All right. So all right. I'm going to bring our next guest up because he is fighting for the future and he has taken on an industry that there have been many pioneers back to the 1900s that have made some amazing headway and have been the first black car designer, the first black NASCAR designer, the, the first the traffic light inventor. Uh, I mean, there have been many of us and we're that in the, we're that grouping of people uh, since we did all the work in the country. <laughs> there's not much that we didn't have our finger or our uh, we were didn't have our finger on the pulse of because we we designed and created everything. But this young man has really made some headway in the space that he is in. I'm going to bring him on now. Name is Mr. T Thomas T.J. Um, Lofton. Lofton. Lofton, he's celebrating 30 years in business and, and continues as a multi-dimensional global business in, uh, industry leader. He's a celebrity car builder. He's a real estate and land developer. He's an investor, public speaker, and author. And as a native of Compton, California, from the age of nine, TJ acquired his business acumen from key local business leaders. And after graduating from Centennial High School in Compton, he opened his first brick and mortar business and express gold plating. It would become the first of many successful businesses, including uh, Compton wire wheels and um, molded suspension. So he's going to go into much more detail on what that early career looked like. There was a uh, a lot of celebrityness going on, and um, especially I think his 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 skills merged in with the hip hop um, uh, immersion into uh, the mu uh, music world. So with that, I want to welcome Mr. Uh, Thomas T.J. Lofton. Lofton. Welcome, T.J. Hey, how y'all doing there? We're good. How are you? Thank you. I am magnificent. I appreciate y'all. Welcome to the business zone, sir. So tell us about yourself and and your your all that you do, and and um, I guess you are a a Marcus Garvey of uh, 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 I guess follower as well, because you have had many many uh, uh, entrepreneurial endeavors since I've met you, and. Um, very successful. You were successful before I met you, and you just you have not missed a beat since I have met you. So welcome to the business zone, TJ. I appreciate y'all. Uh, my name is TJ Thomas TJ Lofton, but I like people call me TJ Lofton. Every uh, car builder, uh, land developer, second time author. Ah. <laughs> All right, congratulations. That's what we're talking about. A book loaded with trade, entrepreneurship opportunities that most people. And the book is called "Monetizing," right? Monetizing gentrification. That's okay. right. Ownership. Yes. Yes. My website at 
tjlofton.com. Okay. You know, nice. uh, everybody grab a copy of that one. And where do they grab that copy? Amazon or your, your website? On personal website, tjlofton.com. Okay, so guys, it's in the brief. Put it in the chat there, and that should be on uh, trending on Facebook and uh, as well as uh, YouTube. Yeah. So back in the days, I started off in my mom's garage, in my mom's backyard, building uh, regals and cutlasses and flipping cars. You know, I had some powerful gentlemen in the community that were restoring cars. So. You talked about uh, some of those people who, who we don't know about. Let's talk about, celebrate them. i like to celebrate Gary May, one of my coaches, you know, a, car, a celebrity car builder. You know, this guy was, uh, he was one of the biggest low riders on the planet. There was Gary May, there was Terry, Car Terry Carter, there was Homer Walters, there was uh, Ernest House. These were like my, my modern day Marcus Garvey's, you know, why do I like these gentlemen? Because just like Marcus Garvey did, they created an opportunity for me to make money. You right. know, it's like, you look up your leaders, you wanna, you know, I'm looking for an opportunity. Well, how can I make money? How can I eat today? You know, and that's what Marcus Garvey, he provided opportunities for us to eat. So when yeah. I met Gary and Terry Carter, I was told that if I learned how to work on these cars, I'll never be broke. I'll always be able to eat, you know, and do very well. And they, they did not lie about that. So I followed in their footsteps and I became a celebrity car builder. Terry Carter said that he wanted everybody that had a rap, uh, every rapper out of Compton should have a low rider in their video. And that's exactly what happened. And the cool part about that was I was one of the few people on the planet that actually knew how to build those cars. So now when those guys started going viral and, you know, NWA started traveling around the world. Everywhere they sold albums at or, or CDs, cassettes, I sold cars there. You know, mm -hmm. I shipped cars in Australia, New Zealand, uh, everywhere, all over the planet. Honestly, I can say pretty much everywhere except for Africa. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I was I was talking with some Africans the other day, and I was like, I never shipped a car to Africa before, you know? <laughs> wow. Is it, was there not a need or what why why is that do you know i don't know i i personally haven't done it yet and there's i guess the market just hadn't gotten there yet you know probably because some of those countries have a role problem but not all of them south africa is amazing it's beautiful yeah it is but that those trades that i had i also went to centennial high school in compton where i had my first auto auto mechanics class auto shop class you know and i had the trades there my wood shop my uh my sewing at vanguard junior high school so i had such an amazing upcoming because everything i learned in those classes i would literally walk out of class and on the way home i'd be telling my neighbors hey i just learned how to change brakes today and i can change your brakes for 25 dollars you know? <laughs> I, I, I just learned how to do oil changes if you get the oil and give me $25, I can change your oil, you know? <laughs> so that's something that was real world to me, you know? So now I'm not looking at the drug guy, like, hey, come sell drugs illegal, take penitentiary chances with me, you know? It was like, <laughs> I have a legal option here. So mm -hmm. that's what I like about those guys. They taught me about those cars and it just pathwayed into 
now I have these trade classes. I learned how to weld. Uh, and when I learned how to weld, welding was a pathway to manufacturing, you know, because mm -hmm. here I am here working on these cars. These cars are like 40 and 50 years old. And they're rusted out. And I'm like, man, I can't find this piece. They're like, good luck finding that piece. So all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, I know how to weld. I got a torch. I got a plasma cutter. Let me go heat up some metal and, and, and bend some holes, bend it in the form of this piece I need and drill some holes in it and, and patch this thing up and make it work. So when I started fabricating, all of a sudden I created pieces. Next thing you know, people from all around the world was like, well, I need one of those too. You know, there's, <laughs> over, there's over a million cars on the planet that's left out of the 5 million that Chevrolet built. Now there's a million left and maybe half of those and half a million of them need those exact same parts. You wow. know, so like, wow, I got a target market of 500,000 people that might need my part, you know? So here I am selling parts. So I started realizing early on, I'm like, wait a minute. I like just having a pile of stuff sitting here ready to go. You know, people calling me from Texas and Germany and Australia saying, hey, I need 10 of those, I need 50 of those. So I like that. Then I like the idea that I was able to give my friends Okay, you need to make some money. You you say I'm the business owner and I got some money because everybody keep pointing you to me. Then TJ got some money. Go to him. Go ask him. <laughs> okay, here here goes some car parts. Go sit at the swap meet and sell these all day, you know. And or come over here. You know how to weld, you know. Or you're the foremost expert at stealing cars with a screwdriver. So I know you know a lot about cars. So you come over here and work for me. I'm gonna help you start your own shop once you learn the game. So everybody was able to eat and it was, it was a powerful situation because I was able to tell, you know, 10 year old kids, like when you graduate from school, I'm going to give you a job. And it'd be like 10 years later, here they come asking for a job. And I'm like, okay, here you go. Here's the tow truck, you know? And it was just amazing other than, you know, giving them opportunities to come in there, paying people to sweep the floor, paying the young people, you know, everybody was able to eat off of what I was doing, but I love the opportunities of practicing cooperative economics. That's what I like about Marcus Garvey. Mm -hmm. You know, he practiced cooperative economics where we kept the dollar in our community for a long time before it right. left out. So we have to, th I think we need to, when we talk about Black History Month, we got to talk, I like to call it our history. I like it. I like that word. I'm going to use that our history month. <laughs> you know, I like Black history because they said it's his story. It's his version yeah. of what you know what right. I'm saying? It's not our version, it's his version. So. Right, exactly, exactly. So let me ask you this, uh, TJ. Uh, when did they take out, because one of the things that what you're saying, um, I think the reason why there was so much, so much success in the 1900s right out of slavery is most of the slave, uh, uh, enslaved, I'm going to use that word, the enslaved people had learned so many skills why they were in captivity, right? They did all of the carpentry. They built everything that their mass, that the plantation owners needed. They tilled, they tilled the soil, they fed, they, they did everything. So the skills, I think, is a valuable commodity. The brain is good, but having skills, I think, is even more valuable than a skill set, than, a, a, than, than, than going to college is excellent. But if I can fix a, a car and then get paid for that, 
or I can, you know, like me, I do accounting and bookkeeping because I can get paid no matter what's happening in the world, right? No matter what's going on in the economy. So when did they take um, the those skills, learning those skills out of school? Well, I graduated from Centennial High School in 89. And when I got there, they'd already closed down the paint booth, the auto painting mm -hmm. class, teaching people how to paint cars. So I was told that as soon as I left, they closed, they took the rest of the stuff out in about 1990. By 91, mm. it's all gone. So I was able to go back. Matter of fact, I was able to uh, join forces with some Compton people, uh, Chico Brown, Master P, the rapper, Dr. Dre, and a host of other amazing people. And we were able to go back and brought some money to the school. And I was able to put my automotive class back in Centennial High School and do a lot of great work. We bought an electric car. Dr. Dre gave $10 million to the Compton School District. And with that money, I was able to go back into that school and completely rehab my class. I'm talking about, they did everything but rip up the concrete. I'm talking about they wow. opened the walls up and new drywall, new plumbing, new electricity, new water, new everything. And I'm talking about top of the line machinery. I even bought an electric car in the box, $65,000 electric car in the box that they had to take it out and figure out how to put it back together. You know, wow. so that was a lot of experience because I wanted them to be able to learn about, you know, electric cars were, were coming. This was like three or four years ago. So it was like the electric car thing is gonna get big. Now we got electric car and battery plants popping up all over the country, you know? So they're already in position, they're already ready. So it, we created relationships with car dealers where they're hiring directly out of high school and they're paying for continued, the dealerships are paying for continued education. And most importantly, they're doing internships while they're in high school. That's how desperate the auto manufacturers are. You know, they're so desperate, they're bringing foreigners over here. And going back to, let me give us a little history lesson. I don't want to get too controversial, but we were already here. When that I, I got that. <laughs> We were already here. There's over 10, 10 black Wall Streets like all over the country that they just said, we cannot get these people to stop doing what, what they're doing with this cooperative economics, so they're just going to flood them. So there's 10 lakes that I can name right off the top that was flooded out, 10 cities that was flooded. Like, for example, I'm out here in Georgia. You can look up Lake Lanier, and that was a city called Oscarville. You look up Oxfordville, that was just like the uh, Tulsa. Same thing, a bunch of black business owners, a bunch of tradesmen. They were farming, they were doing everything. You didn't have to leave the town to do anything. It was all there. People came to them to buy stuff. So all of you got Lake Murray here in uh, South Carolina. I mean, all over the country, just look up the history of these lakes and you'll find out that people came here. The invaders came here and they built dams and they flooded out all these black cities, all these black areas. Mm. So what that I'm saying is you got to think about it. Do you really think they kidnapped a slave uh, and brought him all the way over here to America and told him, here, I need you to design Washington, D.C.? Mm. <laughs> you know he was already here and they were already building that. Benjamin Banneker, you know, he mm. came from a tribe of people that was already here and they'd already done uh, construction. They're already building things. 
but anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. So I'd like to send a shout out to uh, the first automaker in America and almost the world was C.R. Patterson, a black man. Yes. C.R. Patterson, Henry Ford came and stole st stole ideas from C.R. Patterson. <laughs> Mercedes Benz patented the car after C.R. Patterson had already patented his stuff. Wow. You know, so the very first automaker. So when you see Marcus Garvey in that historical picture where he's sitting yeah. in the back of the car with his buddies. Yeah. Uh -huh. they, they were in a C.R. Patterson black made car. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I've seen that picture. You got to ask the auto guy about this kind of stuff. So when you, when you took the uh, class, so how did the students receive um, the, the edu you know, what you were offering at Centennial? You know, and there's a reason why I'm asking this question and I'll share that in a minute. It's an uphill battle with dealing with trying to get our people in there, African-Americans in there, because we have been brainwashed and told that go to college or fail in life. Okay. Now, here I come saying, hey, I did great. And I'm, you know, a car builder. I start manufacturing car parts. And they're like, now they tell people, oh, well, he's a, an exception to the rule. That's not normal. Well, that is normal. It's a whole bunch of guys similar to me. You know, it's a lot of brothers that are manufacturing car parts. It's a lot of brothers that have touched seven figures building cars. That's normal in this industry. You know, when I started buying these cars, I was paying $300. Or when I started selling them, we were selling them for $30,000 fixed up. Now mm -hmm. those $30,000 cars is $200,000. So mm -hmm. can you imagine these guys getting $200,000, $300,000 for a car and they selling five or six cars a week? Wow. We talking about those guys aren't going to be successful. <laughs> you know, we got to start paying attention and communicating with our communities and find out what are we doing? I know I didn't wear a suit and tie. You know, what, what mechanic shop do you know that the gentleman wore a suit and tie that's working on your car? So people would look down on us like, well, he got on a khaki suit and his name TJ on there. He's not making any money. Well, actually, he was, <laughs> you know, he's actually a manufacturer. He's putting cars in movie sets. I got. Rappers calling me up, asking me, when is this car going to be ready for the video? Now, come on out for, to do this episode of Cribs TV show. And they're writing TV shows about me and my life story. And it's a bunch of stuff because the things we were doing had never before been done. When we started building these cars. Oh, anyway, going back to your question, it, it's been an uphill battle. It's not a lot of African-Americans in that class. The Hispanics have embraced it and they're packing it out. I was just there uh, when I was in town this, uh, what is it, a week ago over last mm -hmm. weekend. Mm -hmm. And there was one African-American female there in the class. I was there for the last period. And it was just the one African-American female there. And that really kind of bothers me, you know, because we really work hard to bring some black dollars into that school so that African-Americans could come out and be business owners. You know, when I create, when we went there, I went in there with, the mindset of I don't want them learning how to do a starter and change to alternator. I want them to know how to do a full body lift and, and pull off quarter panels and, and, and weld in floors. So we draw, I had guys donate cars. They're doing some amazing stuff here and anything that they can do 
they can be pulled in by an entertainer saying, I want you to be my personal car builder. So mm. little Jay Leno could come in there and say, okay, you're one of TJ's protégés. You know everything that TJ learned. Yes. Okay. Well, how much do you want to make a year? I need you to come work for me only. Does that make sense? That, yeah. was, that was very visionary by you, man. That I applaud you for that. You know, I, I applaud you, you big thank time. Thank you. And I also, I had the honor to meet Marcus Garvey's son, his long, only living son, Julius. And Julius said, you were, they said, you, you uh, remind me of a young Marcus Garvey. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's what I'm talking about, man. That's amazing, man. I sent you the, I texted to you, Chris. So the picture and the video, matter of fact. Okay, all right. So official blessing. <laughs> the reason I asked that question of you was, uh, um, I went to South Africa in the fall, and um, my girlfriend is from South Africa, and her family, her her brothers have started a skills school in South Africa, and I definitely want to introduce you to them uh, yeah. because in South Africa, same same problems we have here, they have there as well, yeah. and they're having a hard time enticing and encouraging the young people to come in and learn skills. They're teaching them yeah. upholstery and construction. And I, 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 I don't think Ottawa Canada is on the table because they don't have it. They, they probably don't know anybody who, who does that, but, um, but they're looking because skills is a way you can monetize a skill. And just yeah. like you just said, and in today's world, and I guess maybe the mindset is, I don't want to work in someone's factory as opposed to what you just, how you, uh, how you laid it out that here, here's a whole nother pathway that you can do it. And you would think with as much as black men and women and, and Hispanic, uh, 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 minority people, children, uh, young people love cars. That would be an incentive just, just on its own. Well, what's going on is where I say we we uh, convinced our children about college. All the teachers here in America, if they don't say college to these students, they can lose their jobs. If they okay. say you're you're a troublemaker, you you don't you ditch school, you may want to consider a welding class. He, they can lose their job. You know, yeah. so everybody got to go to college or else. So if they're yeah. doing here in America, think about what they're doing in Africa. They're yeah, going right. so so. An African school reached out to me by the, by uh, the name of a uh, uh, Ball University in South Africa. They wanted me to speak about the trades, and I talked to the professor, and he told me he said historically we have for the last thirty to forty years we have been pushing and forcing our students to doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. Period. We're wow. not a, nothing else. So now you got 30 to 40, 50 years of successful. They're not saying go be a doctor. They're saying you're going to be an anesthesiologist when you go. So now we're talking about the most expensive, most highest paid doctor because a doctor will make 300,000, but an anesthesiologist can make anesthesiologist can make upwards of a million dollars. So now you have 30 to 50 years of anesthesiologists coming home worth you know bringing in five and six hundred a million dollars a year so you have a fleet of doctors that are coming home and they're they're sending money home and building their mom and dad a house and and buying paying for all their other brothers and sisters 
So they don't have a TJ story. They don't know about a, a TJ did this and TJ. They don't have that example in front of them. It's not mm -hmm. TJ hasn't right. anything in Africa. They got a right. whole doctors and engineers and lawyers. But the problem they're having with that is they said they sent them to America to get the money and bring it home and rebuild Africa. But now they're not doing that. But guess what? They said the reason why they wanted to talk to me was because they want to start manufacturing their own cars. And they, mm. yeah, and they reached out. So now you have seven countries in Africa that manufactures their own cars. Not no, for years they have been buying the cars from Toyota and assembling it in Africa. Mm. Now, now they're saying, I've seen them in a picture, a video where they literally had an engine block. And I was just watching this video, it was real fascinating. They were pouring cold molten steel into this drum looking thing. And I'm just watching them like, man, I hope they don't get burnt up. And you know, I'm just watching like, I'm a car guy. What am I watching here? They pouring steel into this, this, this box. And then right. they come back an hour later and the, they peeled the thing off and boom, an engine block falls on the ground. And the 30 plus year master car builder jaw went. <laughs> I'm like, I've, are you showing me the origins of engine manufacturing? You telling me there wasn't a CNC machine 50 years ago? You know, it blew my mind. Like, huh? Wow. That changes everything. Like, that changed the world for me. I'm like, okay, I can do that. You know, we can manufacture our own engines now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know when I, I also went to Egypt in, in the fall, I did a, I did quite a bit of traveling this year. Now in South Africa, wasn't a lot of emphasis on cars, Egypt, Cairo, whole other ball game, but older cars like Cuba, not well, small cars because the road, so many people, but Cuba is, you know, 1950 vehicles, right? So they're always looking parts for parts for 1950. I remember when my brother-in-law, my sister was married to an Egyptian guy. He was, that's the business he was in, import, export. And I did not understand until I got there. All of the, most of the cars on the road are older cars, like you're talking about that need parts and they are all on the corners fixing and cars look like they you know been sitting there for years but they're over fixing on them and then they're back up and on the road so um and that's a that's a country of cars lots of people lots of cars so i could see that's probably would be more received there i could see that in south africa um they didn't seem to be all that overjoyed or over enthusiastic about cars like I saw when I was in Egypt. I think I think those three markets, uh, TJ, would be great for you to get started in. You know, you got the Cairo, Egypt. You know, you got Cape Town, South Africa, and then the third one, which might be a little a little stretch would be Havana, Cuba, because they, you know, they've been rebuilding 1950s car, you know, forever, right? And with your skills and expertise, that can really elevate that. So that's amazing, man. Well, they're under yeah. sanctions, you know. So yeah. yeah, so you can, it's hard to get into them. You have to come in, you have to go another way to get to them, but the other ones. But I, I, I think, um, and, and I know college is a, 
college is a, you know, but, but now when we look at how expensive college is and a lot of our children, they, they may go to college and drop out by the time they get to their junior year. And, and, and there's also a lot of times by the time they get to the June, uh, the, they'll drop out in their sophomore year. But, and even if they choose to go further, uh, sometimes the colleges are looking to, um, um, help you drop out. So, but it's just the cost of college is just so prohibitive for most children today. I think the, the teaching them trades is, is the way to go. I think in my opinion, it it really is because the trades opened up an opportunity for uh, America. Like right now, America has passed the law and said, you know, hey, sanctions, China, sanctions on China, tariffs on all the rest of the foreign countries. If you don't make it in America, we don't want it here. So what's been going on is all those foreign countries and all those manufacturers are opening up giga warehouses all over America. I was just on the phone with Judge Joe Brown, and he's like, they moved the Ford battery, put they're building a Ford battery plant in, in Mason, Tennessee by him, and they're literally just destroying the whole town, taking over. Okay, all you black politicians, we don't need y'all here anymore because they know this is going to generate billions of dollars a year. But my thing with the knowledge that I have, I tell people, I was just at the Black College Expo the other day and I said, I don't want a, a good job at a, at a battery plant. I want a contract with them. I want, mm-hmm. a, I want a job at Tesla. I want a contract with Tesla saying, I will make your door handles for $12 million a month. Mm-hmm. You know because he's one of the biggest car builders on the planet, $12 million a month in door handles is nothing for him. Right, you know, exactly. So many billions of dollars a, a year in revenue selling cars. So a $12 million a month was at only you know $144 million a year or something like that. That's nothing. So where we got to get out of the, I want a job, I'm a manufacturer and I know if I got a million, I got a half a million people that's interested in buying my 1959, 1960s cylinder mounts. You know what I'm saying? Think about it. And that's from the 50s. Now, what about the Teslas right now in 2000? How many Teslas did Elon Musk make that's going to need a door handle? Probably over 10 million. You know what I'm saying? I got the contract because I'm one of the biggest door manufacturers or door handle manufacturers on the planet. How about that? You know? and, so, and that's the incentive is that with a trade, you you can use that trade to create your own business, to be that manufacturer or that distributor. Because if you, Tesla can lay you off and you have no job. But if you're the distributor or and the supplier, then you as the contractor, long as you, long as you have comparable prices, then you know and and how you negotiate that deal you can make million you're gonna make more money as a contractor than you're gonna make as an employee anyway and you're and you have your own business so they are not controlling you as they would if you were an employee uh that right there should be the incentive for the colleges then they're coming here to learn teach them to be entrepreneurs but they got to have a product or a service that they're going to be an entre- that they're going to have that's going to be the byproduct of a business. Well, the buy black movement and the Marcus Garvey self sufficiency uh, economic program it promotes 
that type of entrepreneurship that both of you are talking about, not to become an employee, but to become an entrepreneur. Because as we know, you can't get rich being an, a, 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 an employee for anyone, you know, but if you're an entrepreneur, you can certainly get to that level. I like what you got there, TJ. What's that? Is this that is the door handle? This is one of those hard to find car parts for those 50, the 61 and 62 Chevy Impalas. Uh -huh. Now here's that's, the that's a very simple product. <laughs> it's just a, it's about a, about a dollar worth of metal, you know, uh -huh. and a couple of bands here, <laughs> you know, drilled in some holes and took another piece of metal and folded it over and drilled a hole through that and welded it together. That's and it. So two dollars worth of metal, give me a hundred and twenty-five for a set. Um investment four bucks, you know, and now I'm shipping these around the world. And you know, this pathways into multiple other things because people say, okay, well, if you can make those same those brackets for a 59 and 60 Chevy or a 61 and 262 Chevy, then can you make me th these brackets for that Tesla? Can you make me these brackets for that new Porsche? When Porsche moved in down here in Georgia. Porsche needed to get some local uh, local manufacturers to work with them. So if mm. I'm in position and got my little 5,000 square foot warehouse making all these 59, 60 Chevy brackets, then guess what? Porsche is going to come in and say he's already set up. He already has what we need. All we need to do is give him some money and he can help us out, make our lives easier and start manufacturing some of these parts. So yeah. now... Like I know you guys remember all of those those cargo ships sitting in the marina, sitting in the ocean over there in Long Beach back in the days. So yeah. we're desperate to find local manufacturers. I had people reaching out to me like crazy saying, TJ, we need help. I know a guy who set up a class at a college and taught people how to work CNC machines. And someone came in there two weeks later and said, how many of y'all know how to turn on the machine? And maybe four people out of the 50 people in the class raised their hand. All y'all hired a hundred thousand. I'm gonna start y'all off at a hundred thousand. That's how wow. desperate they were because they all of a sudden, when the president said sanctions and tariffs, that opened up a windfall of money and opportunities here in America, and that yeah. followed up with the uh, the opportunity. What do you call these things? The uh, where they got to build the the manual, what do you call it? The rebuilding America bill, yeah, 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 where they have to utilize uh, uh, million dollars. <laughs> Uh, construction bill. Yeah. What is that bill I'm looking at? But anyway, now they're building roads to these new giga warehouses. They're building uh, copper. They're putting, uh, building highways. They're building freeways because they know they need to be able to get to TJ's warehouse, to get to the new, you know, they just, they moved uh, Nissan Motors from coming in Long Beach and brought it all the way back down around and they're coming in at the the bottom half of Georgia above Florida. Now wow. all of expanded and added on where they can bring in another 500,000 cars in the southern Georgia and they're building a highway so that they can bring those cars all the way up to New York and Texas and and go all the way out. The high, they expanded the 85 and the 75 freeways and people don't even understand what's going on. I'm like we got to get in position and talk about these trades. So I'm one of the I'm the most foremost expert at telling people what's going on in the automotive industry. We're not only building cars, we're building electric cars. We're not just building electric cars, 
we're we're grant we're we're a pathwaying into flying cars now. Wow. Uh, Bree Bree Cole said the bill you're trying to remember is the infrastructure bill that, Biden, that Biden and, and his 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 uh, team are trying to get passed right now to filter funds into in different communities. So yes, that's the infrastructure bill. Right. So I'm traveling around the country speaking and begging, please let me in. Please let me in. I can speak. I'll, I'll do it for free. And they don't realize who they're who they have big banging at the door. Like, let me in. They got wow. once the trades come in and everybody starts manufacturing cars, then they're going to realize who TJ is. They're going to be like, oh, wow. TJ, well, we this stuff. We can do it. We can do it a different way. Instead of us knocking on their door and that they're not opening to us, uh, we could do it on our podcast. We could do a regular podcast with you where we bring you in as a regular guest and we talk about this. And we can extend our arm to our South African partners who they already have an established school over there and they've got their pool of students. All we got to do is get an expert like yourself to to provide that knowledge and skill level to them. And I'm sure it will be highly embraced. Absolutely, I appreciate it. And I want to say another thing. Let me tell you all about the fights that I've taken to maintain this industry. You know who makes the most, who's the biggest auto market on the planet? Which country, which country in the world? Japan. Japan? Japan? Nope. No, um, Korea. Korea? No, let me rephrase the question. Who's the biggest? purchaser of cars on the planet america okay what state and what city is the biggest california it, okay. is it is california it's los angeles california mm -hmm. buys more cars than anywhere else on the planet yeah. there's more cars going into los angeles california than there is going into the uk than there is going into any other these other countries period and yeah. You need to do is literally learn how to work on the car and have a little shop making doing breaks and you'll become very successful mm -hmm. and, and the reason that and and, and i find that and i always chuckle because as they're trying to push through the metro uh trains in this city uh this city was designed for you to have a car it, it, from the very very beginning it was designed so now you're trying to restructure and reprogram people here in this city to say put your cars in the in the garage and get on public transportation that ain't gonna happen because you have you have taught you have told us we need to have a car let's talk about that so right now they're strategically doing things this is why i'm still a land developer because i go to those land developer conferences and i've said in meetings where they're saying hey these are all opportunity zones. We want to create opportunities so we can go into these areas and we don't need cars in these areas anymore. We want to make these areas uber friendly. So meaning we're, we want to phase out cars because the parking lots and the land that the garage is set on, the land that the parking lots to the shopping mall set on is too valuable. So we want to turn all these parking lots into commercial real estate and residential property. So they have a plan to phase out the cars out of Los Angeles because Los Angeles is the infrastructure to classic car restoration. Let me tell you one more thing they're doing right now. They're, they're currently trying to pass a bill which goes at the heart of 
dismantling classic car restorations. So they have a, a chemical that's inside of chrome. You know, you see the chrome plated bumpers and the chrome plated uh -huh. doors. So they want to say this kick, this chemical is too toxic to have in LA County, which is the biggest auto restoration market on the planet. This too toxic wow. to have. We want to phase this out and know we don't have anything to replace it. So we just recommend stop doing chrome, period. And that we only make a one percent of that market, but they but the other people like Tesla and all these other people, they take up way more. The people who make in faucets and door handles and, and home products, they are way more toxic. They're like 20%, 30%. But they said, Well, we're just gonna start with the automakers. <laughs> well, you know? That's why that's why we gotta look at the international markets, DJ. Wow. Look at the South Africa, the Cairo, Egypt, and all of those places. But let me ask this question. So if that's the case, though, why are they pushing EVs, uh, electrical vehicles, if they want to get rid of uh, vehicles, period? Because they know, first of all, the city is not designed like a New York or a Boston or a DC where you can actually not have a vehicle. Just like Georgia is in Atlanta is not designed for you to give up your car. <laughs> and, and, and what they're, you're they're incentive? They're getting incentive from those and and, and and you still have to have a car if you're gonna have Uber or Lyft. So what we are doing right now is we're we're playing uh, rolling the dice. We're playing cards. Look at my left hand, but don't pay attention to my right. Yeah, always got to look at the whole picture, man, because they always trying to pull something over on you. It's a game of chess we're playing right now. It's like mm. you got to learn how to watch these pawns because these pawns are dangerous now. They can they can take that king if you're not paying attention. You know, right. what they're doing is they're trying to sell us electric cars, but the reality is they're working on flying cars. When you go to Dubai, so what they're going to do is they're going to have flying cars and bullet trains. So right now they just approved, they already approved, and they're going to start construction of the the new rail going from Cal, uh, what is it, L.A. to New York. I'm sorry, L.A. to Vegas, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's going to happen? We're in the stages of where you're going to start having people say, "Well, I live in Las Vegas, but I work in L.A." Yeah. Because I take the bullet train every every day to work, like, and that's, like in D.C. So the poor people are going to be taking the train, and the wealthy people are going to be flying over overhead in their flying cars. And we can't forget about Elon Musk and the Boring Company. Are you familiar with the Boring Company? Yeah, the one that's boring up underneath the ground to um, to, to do the the high speed. No, but have you been into the uh, tunnels in Las Vegas? Like somebody just said. Okay, have you been? Into okay. the no, I have not been to the tunnels. I thought he, I thought doing all of this stuff with Twitter and stuff that he had stopped uh, boring, that it just kind of stalled out. He's just begun. Ah, okay. <laughs> he got it. Okay. So I was at the, uh, the uh, Conrad Hotel in Las Vegas, and across from the Conrad is the convention center. Remember, they just added on to the convention center. That's one of the yes. biggest convention centers in the country. Yeah. But I literally. Went that went into the tunnel. I went into the I was at the conference, the convention center, and I literally got in the car, a Tesla, and drove underground into a tunnel and went all the way and popped up under the bottom of the Conrad Hotel where I was staying. Wow. To the Uber drivers, the only cars in those tunnels are, are Teslas. But interestingly enough, he's gotten contracts that every brand new hotel 
coming into Las Vegas wants its own private tunnel to the airport. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> very unlikely. Bree Cole said that uh, the, the transportation links will be from San Francisco to Palmdale and from then Victorville to Las Vegas. Yeah, well, I had heard that. I had heard that part uh, years ago. That's, that's the beginning. That's the beginning. So right now, the rail in California, they're saying, oh, it's like it take you from California to Las Vegas. It could do it in three hours, half of the time. But that train is not going the full capacity of its power. They're just doing that for now because if that train could get from L.A. to Vegas in 30 minutes, the real estate prices will tank. You know what I'm saying? So what they're doing is they're pricing the real estate so expensive that all of these people buying these cars in California won't be able to own a house. Nevertheless, a car, they're going to make some, just like in, in Los Angeles and Palmdale, it was so many people on that, that freeway trying to commute back and forth to LA that they were like, we just going to catch the train because gas is too expensive. So now the drivers started catching the train and they cut the door, they closed the door on them by raising gas prices. So now people started getting away from their cars and buying motorcycles. And then they just said, forget, I'm going to just take the train. But now we're in the age of the Jetsons. So now you're going to start, they're building brand new hotels and brand new houses, brand new cities. Uh, what do you call it? Live, work, play, eat cities where mm -hmm. you're going to literally go to, the park, go to the park and ride and catch the flying drone taxi cab over to downtown LA and land on top of your, your office building where you work. Which is why, so that explains why they don't want houses, and that explains why they don't want you to have. Because one of the things I was saying is they they've eliminated out you being a homeowner, even if that means a condo, because you're building all these multi units, but none of them are condos, none of them are positioned so you can buy them. They are they're all where you rent them. So now that explains. All right. Okay, I I gotta read your book, huh? Modifying that gentrification, huh? They said, LA said, I was listening to land developers speaking. They came to talk to us and they said, I was there. I just happened to be there when the guy came in and said this. He said, by 2050, they plan on having 10 million more people living in Los Angeles. I didn't say Los Angeles County, I said Los Angeles. Hmm. Imagine 10 million more people. So you can't have houses there. You have to put hmm. me as a developer, knowing that LA is overcrowded. The I-405 freeway is the business freeway in the world almost. So you got to tear down the existing houses and build brand new high rises where you can mm -hmm. get thousands of people. So I also looked at, you got to remember when, uh, see, when you know the language and you understand what's going on, you can hear the bamboozle. So in the news, you have uh, uh, what's the uh, old mayor that left out, or he? I think he was leaving, or he's still there. Oh no! Vergosa, uh, Vergosa uh, 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 said after they said we're gonna have ten million more people here in L.A. Vergosa, I said that means that they're gonna have to tear down all of these buildings. So Vergosa, they came in and changed the zoning. They said, yes. okay, we don't want any more single-family homes. We want multiple families, meaning we want 24-unit buildings, 120-unit buildings. So all of a sudden, the attack on the real estate, it came about. They said they passed another law. They said, well, Los Angeles 
has the way to get rid of the real estate that was currently here that the people were sitting on holding on to they had to pass a law called uh uh they said oh los angeles has fifteen thousand commercial properties that's not retro not earthquake safe oh they have to be retrofitted that's a strategy right there and and with that kind of language right. you know you know what communities they're going to target Next thing you know, Watts will be a luxury apartment, a luxury condo apartment complex. You see what I'm saying? That's what that's what they're doing by talking about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the, uh, uh, the Golden Triangle? Yeah. You know, okay, no, I haven't. The Golden Triangle in real estate is the top three cities that are worth the most money. Yeah. So San Francisco, Los Angeles, and. <laughs> Where? Los Angeles, Compton, and Watts. Mm -hmm. Oh, because they have not been developed and they got where the black folks are and you want to get the, rid of the black folks and mm -hmm. put the other folks in there. Where, I got it. That co-host, that's where that 10 million is going to come. That's how they're going to achieve that 10 million. Yeah. Yeah. It. They have no lands, no further land to develop. So they have to go to the existing one using that argument that that they were telling um, TJ about it's not retrofitted for for earthquake <laughs> using that language. You see what I mean? So to make it retrofitted, oh, we got to tear this down and build new build buildings. <laughs> that five hundred or that seven hundred thousand dollar building is going to be three hundred thousand hypothetically. Yeah. yeah. So as so soon as they pass that law. What happens? I tell people all the time, I say, as soon as they pass that law, they immediately, the people who own the buildings, the white people who own the buildings, they start dumping. They yeah. Start dumping. So now you have black real estate agents coming into the community saying, oh, I got a building. You got to buy these buildings. And I'm telling my clients, like, you you telling me we went from no buildings for sale in L.A., yeah. one dang near need by falling down, to now yeah. there's 50 of them for sale. <laughs> you know, the, the typical example, Cohols, is that that strip, that Crenshaw district there. Remember what they did? Yeah. They relocated 750 small businesses from that strip. They put them in some little dumpy area that there's no customers yeah. going to oh, them. No, actually, they priced them out, so they leave and go yeah. to the exactly. south. They exactly. go to they they move out and go to Texas and Florida and Arkansas well, and well, Alabama. You heard one of those prominent politicians was talking about, well, we'll pay these people to move to the Inland Empire or San Bernardino. Remember that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, yeah. went I went deeper for you. This is how I got in trouble in the past. I own real estate in LA and I own real estate in Palmdale. When yeah. I just, this time, I needed more land to expand my business and collect more cars and save money by buying some land and putting my cars in the same location instead, yeah. of, instead of having them spread out through all out of LA and Compton. Yeah. All of a sudden I moved to Palmdale and next thing you know, my section eight in LA started dropping. Yeah. Section eight voucher in Palmdale increased by a thousand twelve hundred dollars. And so then I, it's gonna be rezoned, right? <laughs> I was really getting sixteen hundred dollars in Palmdale and all of a sudden it went to twenty eight hundred. So mm -hmm. I told people what was going on, and all of a sudden, Palmdale lost the state of California, passed the law without telling the city of Palmdale and Lancaster that they changed the uh, 
the uh, the low income rate, which was four percent for every city. Now they mm. legally changed it to forty percent and told Section Eight to give Palmdale Lancaster twenty eight hundred dollar vouchers and go tell TJ's clients and his four plexes in LA that I want them all to move out and we'll give them all houses in Palmdale. Move out. <laughs> Four bedroom apartments in the hood and move into a big house in Palmdale. Who do you think not gonna want to do that? So yeah. right. So I literally had people who was living in my tenants. They all decide we're moving. Yeah. Like, how does that happen? How does four people <laughs> all at one time, huh? And they're going to Palmdale. So one of them told me, TJ, the the city made they juiced they juicing it up and told us if we go, we're gonna get houses. And they got some nice houses in Palmdale, and they're. Yeah. Brand new house. I'm like, really? So I went and started the war and told the, the mayor, the then mayor, which is a brother, sellout brother, by the way. Yeah, well, of course. They're moving. This is about to be Section 8 capital. I got the voucher. $2,800. That's a lot of money. I was yeah. dreaming about getting $1,800, but $2,800, I'm not even doing a credit check. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't even bring your gang, gang boyfriend. Bring <laughs> I don't care. Twenty eight hundred. I want them in my house. <laughs> See that, that that's exactly what happened in the early nineteen hundreds. There, when when Marcus Garvey was trying to do what he needed to do with young entrepreneurs, you saw what they did. First, they formed the IRS. Then they start taxing different buildings, putting their foot on the necks of black entrepreneurs, and they're doing it again. So it's a cycle. Well, you know, yeah, I always say, well, here's what I've always said, that there is no new strategy. It's the same strategy. Yeah. We just have to know the strategy. So just like TJ just said, you got to really know how to play the, how to play chess. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to, you got to read, you got to go to meetings and conferences like he does, sit in the back, quietly listening to the information that you're hearing, and then be able to come back and disseminate it to people that want to hear it. Because if you don't, if you're not there, and this is the reason why I do the community briefing, this is why we do the business zone. If you're not in the room, at the meeting where they're having conversations, we are the most vulnerable people on the planet. Yes. We are always on the menu of the, the meeting agenda, <laughs> always on the meeting agenda. And you, and you have to be there so you will know what they're talking about, right? I've been in so many meetings like that, conferences, hundreds of thousands of people and I'd be like one of 20 black people in the room of a hundred plus thousand people. Right. Does that make sense to you? I'd be one of 20 black people and maybe seven of those black people work there as cleaning, they're walking around with a trash can and a mop. Right. And a broom in there picking up trash. So it is little, and these conferences cost to get in. They're like $1,500 right. and up. So I look at the conferences that, that they want us to go that say real estate, they're free and they provide snacks. Yeah, they ain't gonna tell you nothing. You need to go to the paid ones. <laughs> the real conferences where the real information is happening is $1,500. You gotta have a land developer's license to get in there. You can't just come up to the door. I got my 1500 I wanna register. They're gonna be like, okay, well, what's your business? And you're gonna be like, I own a, a, a dry cleaner. They're gonna be like, no, no. Right. 
have to be a land developer. You have to be in construction. You can't be a real estate agent. You have to be in this agenda, in this arena for us to let you in. Yeah. Money alone is not enough. People no. are like, well, can I just pay $2,000 for a ticket? They'd be like, no. <laughs> it's yeah. like you trying to get into Ford Locks and you got a felony, you know? Yeah, right. like, <laughs> want us to hear this information. So now you got people, you got me walking around. They looking at me like, how did you learn this? Where did you get this information? Like, we're going to call over and have this place fired. Fire whoever let you in. <laughs> close down whoever gave you this information because we didn't want you here. Right. Because you I don't want to create another TJ. Trust me. That's the problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> I coach, I've been, you find out people like, I thought you was the car guy. How are you over here having real estate coaching classes? You know, right. of language that most people have no idea what I'm talking about. I can talk. I can hold a conversation with most people that don't even have a clue. I'm talking about surveyors. I was just doing an interview or an interview with one of my other friends, and we were talking. It was a land uh, conversation about land development, and it was like when you got somebody who knows what I'm talking about. Or oh, I open up like a rose. I got a lot to talk about. But if, you, <laughs> if you don't know the language, then that's just a regular I say a tier, tier one conversation. But if you're a real estate developer, then we can have a tier 10 conversation. But we were talking about the things that really matters that we need to learn are not taught in school. Yeah. You go to school and take a survey class at USC. <laughs> you know, you can't go take a zoning class. They don't, they're not teaching that. They'll open it up and teach it for five minutes and then close it back down because they yeah. don't having infrastructure learning, you know, because I can I'm the kind of guy that I can just pack up and move to Africa and they'll give me a job or give me a contract saying, OK, well, we want you to come out here and set up this thousand acres and help us to build a city. What are we going to need? Where do mm -hmm. we start? I'm the guy that can help to get you there. And they don't want too many people like they don't want no TJs running around here. Because so, the black people who are in there are terrible. They're beasts. TJ, TJ, tell me about the land situation in Palmdale. Are there available lands? And who who does one go through in order to get access to some of those lands? There's plenty of land in Antelope Valley. You can call up any real estate agent, but they have to know about land, which most of us don't. Yeah. Most of us are taught how to go list a house, a residential house, or apartment building but they don't know what land looks like what's good land versus bad land but i can help you with that because i'm the official i'm the i'm the guru of real estate because <laughs> your, your mantra behind you said it's cheaper to build than to buy so right. i'm thinking that you get those lands and you develop the land right. and then you build on it because as we know some of those lands there you know not only in palmdale but other places uh, it's desert land and underneath is probably contaminated because they probably pour all kinds of uh, contaminants in the soil. So you got to do soil testing, soil development, and then you got to run your, the, the plumbing and all of that. Not all, not all of Palmville, but what's going on is the land in the Antelope Valley is priceless because of they went through there with that bullet train. Yeah. yeah. So that opened the door for a whole... Uh, Right. All the real estate along Crenshaw skyrocketed because yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're looking at 
Elon Musk, you're looking at, uh, uh, was it Warren Buffett is out there. He owns the biggest solar plant, solar power windmill in the world right now in, in Lancaster, California. And you got, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 the other bill, billionaire, uh, Richard Branson, o owner of Virgin Galactic. And right, Virgin right. Signs and Virgin Records. He owns a lot of land out there because he opened up what I call the space taxi cabs. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to compete with his buddy Elon Musk. Yeah, no, they know what it was is they know they're building cities in space and they just need transportation to get people to and from. And if you yeah. have space taxi cab service, you're going to be making a lot of money because mm. people, we're in the age of the Jetsons. Like I was saying, we're there now, but we just don't, we're not infrastructurally set for that. That's why you have Dubai building a massive. Uh, amounts of construction all over the country all over the world they are literally uh fighting for the baby boomers money because people are saying hey i want to live in a new city do you know in the middle of the mojave desert they're building a brand new city owned by the uh, rams owner i think it's the rams owner and the walmart people and they're mm -hmm. i forget what it's called but there is a brand new jetson style city going on in the antelope valley in the middle of the mojave desert well, wow. well, breaking news, we've heard that JP Morgan is buying up a lot of houses, a lot of land. So, see, these guys don't... These, exactly, <laughs> these guys don't just do things out of that. They have their meetings. They get together, have their meetings, and say, hey, guys, this is what we're going to do, and we're going to keep it quiet among ourselves. We're just going to quietly build some stuff, and then hit them with these big bills and we control these areas and they have to come through us. That's oh, what's right. going on right there. Right. So right. what you got to look at is whenever they getting ready to do something big, I, I, I would make statements like saying that before they'll give us a little bitty million dollar idea before they let us walk away with the trillion dollar idea that they're currently working on. Yeah. While we're over here looking at the Bitcoins and the, the cryptos and the stocks. Right. That, they're over there buying up all the land that yeah. they buying up all the real estate that they can get. And I've yeah. got some heated battles about telling people to buy the land, you know, and that, yeah. that's the investment right now. They're like, it's the stock market. It's crypto. It's yeah. like, why are you getting so hostile? It's like, come on now. Now here we are having the same conversation, the Booker T and Du Bois again. It's like, yeah. oh, it's, it's, it's the trades versus this. Well, you can't prove to me that the cryptos is going to last me for 30, 40 years. Yeah. You can't what? prove that the stock right. market is going to sustain my wealth. But this land, I know they're yeah. building giga warehouses. I know they're yeah. building solar-powered windmill farms. I know they're yeah. building uh, bullet trains, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, they legalize marijuana, and it's legalized to grow here. So it's a, it's a, a, it's a plethora of reasons why we should buy the land. But most importantly, we got to buy the land while we can afford some land. Because if we don't, it's like, think about it. If they buy up all the land and all the commercial real estate and all the residential real estate, and the few people who own homes, they're going to be worth millionaires. They're going to be multimillionaires. You still got your two-bedroom house in Compton or Watts mm -hmm. <laughs> on a quarter of an acre. That house yeah. is going to be worth $5 million in the future. Just like you go to Venice Beach, they got two-bedroom, one-bathroom houses at 800 square feet worth Two million dollars. Mm -hmm. A lot of people 
don't even see that's coming down the pipeline. It is coming because that's what they did in Harlem. You <laughs> Harlem was, you know, uh, inner city neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, again, that used to be a hundred dollars that nobody yeah. wants to pay five million. How about yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's the same strategy. You just have to watch and learn. Uh, Warren Buffett tells you that. He tells you what they do, and he yeah. tells you what it, in the way the reason he's kept his money. He's told you how he's done it, and yeah. real estate and things that you use all the time is right. what he is what he invests in. He don't do all this off the stuff, but the land is is you as as Greg said. Where's the land gonna go? Right, yeah. the land. Yeah. The, the we, land is not going to go anywhere. Let me, um, you, let me tell you where we are now. The conversations you're going to hear for our entrepreneurs, they're going to say, hey, I want to start a business, a brick and mortar. I want to open up a restaurant right here. And they're going to say, okay, well, we're going to want $10,000 a month for this thousand square foot building here, but we also going to want 40% ownership in the business. Yeah. Oh, if wow. you want to rent for me, which I own, 75% of the buildings in in, in, in in Los Angeles County. Yeah. I'm saying if you, I don't know, Crystal, she wants, she's going to want 50%. Gilbert, he's out of control. He's going to want 60% ownership. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so these are the conversations that we have to prepare ourselves when right. only corporations own up all the real estate. Right. right and exactly. that's really what's going on. That's what's yeah. going on. Uh, yep. A friend of mine, he's doing, that's why he's doing his business internationally. He he says, I just can't deal with um, all of the, what, what happens behind the scenes that you don't have a, 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 you don't, unless you're, you don't really have an inside in. So he does all of his outside of, of, of this country and pop in and out. There's a couple of things that he does here, but different stuff. So we, we got to be more unique, more like you, TJ, you're not doing, uh, you're, it's basic things that people need. The automotive, uh, industry people need, right. They need some part, whether it's going to be flying uh, electric or whatever is going to be, they're going to need a park for that vehicle, right? So it's a it's a it's a must have. Is installed. They, they and they need it installed. Um, your the land a must need. Got to be able to have shelter, right? So those are the businesses we need to look at, not t-shirts. Not <laughs> things that, that, you know, not this speculative stuff that lose that is in trend today and out of trend tomorrow. We, when we're looking at businesses that's going to create wealth and, and longevity and legacy for your family, it has to be something that has a tangible value to it that people have to have. You know, and that's why I do coaching. Like you're saying, your friend says, I can't handle this. I don't know what's going on. I'm not in the loop. I'm just going to go out of the country. Well, I'm the guy that I'm the coach that people hire to keep them in the loop. So mm -hmm. I said, I have these futuristic conversations that you're probably not going to really see this until the next five years from now and 10 mm -hmm. years from now, you know, like I was able to write my book and people are like stuff is just now happening that you wrote in this book in 2017. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah. So that means that's why they call me the economic futurist because I'm <laughs> economically, I see what's coming down the pipeline because I sit in all these expensive meetings because I travel the country. I'm not sitting around waiting to see it on the news. Right. So I, I do a lot of consulting with a lot of billion dollar developers and 
and million dollar investors of people who don't get to travel, people who are just sitting down doing what they do, you know, which is working their businesses. So I'm the guy that comes in and tells them it's time for you guys to expand because things are going up to the Antelope Valley now. So if you want to stay here, all your client base is going to be in Palmdale, Lancaster, Moreno Valley, Blythe, California, blah, blah, blah. So let's go out. I found you some commercial real estate. I found you some land that you can buy because in three years we need to go ahead and get ready to break ground. So that's what most people don't realize. You don't necessarily need a college education. You need a coach named PJ to teach. <laughs> <laughs> But TJ, you have been awesome. Man, you can come back on a regular, as Gilbert said, and, and give us whenever you feel you got some nuggets you wanna you wanna talk to the people about. Uh this has been incredible. Uh, because these are the conversations we have to have. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it, it will fall on deaf ears, but maybe if we just keep having them, you're passionate about what you do. Gilbert and I are passionate about what we do. Greg, who's in our chat, he's very passionate about what he what he does, uh, and and we just have to we just have to keep drilling. I do feel we're at a very pivotal point far as Black people right now, and I don't think there's any we we're on borrowed time right now, right? And, and I don't think there's any more. Uh, uh, on the horizon, there ain't no on the horizon for us. We gotta do what we gotta do, like right now. We, we're the ninth. Well, the we're message, where? the message has started since the early 1900s, man. So yeah. we gotta, we gotta, we gotta launch. We gotta launch. So that's where we're at right now, 2023. Now, TJ, how do people contact you? Is there a phone number? They can go to my website at tjlofton.com and it's not just kind of a mess. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> stuff change. Everything keeps changing fast. But call me at 310-619-3954. Again, 310-619-3954. Uh, my website is tjlofton.com. tjlofton, L-O-F-T-I-N.com. All my social media... <clears throat> it's Thomas T.J. Lofton. Thomas T.J. Lofton, L-O-F-T-I-N. And that's my information, how to get in contact with me. If you're interested in taking coaching classes, if you're interested in uh, having a uh, consultation, you need a, a one-hour consultation, you just got some questions to ask me. Uh, call me, family, because things keep changing. And you got to remember, people with this kind of information, you can't expect to go to my website and it's going to be working perfectly. <laughs> Like, so so the, email, the email is Thomas TJ Lofton at tjlofton.com. No, 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 not no email. I don't want no more emails, right? You are a real person, is what I'm well, actually. Uh, Bree put it in the chat, and nor does he, nor does he go put all his valuable information on his chat, on his email. I mean, on his Facebook page or on his website. You guys got to reach out to him, man, because you know some of this information you got to keep to yourself and share it with people who actually need to hear it. Because not everybody is going to be receptive. His feet on our on our throat, right? So we got to be able to maneuver out of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and just for everybody. <laughs> I'm looking for protégés. I'm looking for 
I'm looking. Okay. Well, go ahead. Go ahead, TJ. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I'm students that I can train that want to go into these city meetings that can fight for our people to make sure they don't push us out of here faster than when we're getting pushed. You know, like I was yeah. successful with going to Bird Park and stopping, and I was just one man. But one person with the right information can make major change in our community. Yeah. So I'm looking for people who want to learn. Okay. All righty. We'll keep that definitely in mind. Um, wow. You've been just so knowledgeable. Uh, Gilbert, you, you want to take us on yeah. out? We, we, this is a two-hour show, so this has yeah. been such an amazing show. Thank you, TJ. You've just brought a lot of information and uh, got my wheels turning. The book, guys, Building Black Ownership, go to his website to purchase it. That you can go to his website and get. Honest, honest <laughs> folks. You want to definitely do that. Or His contact information is in the chat. And again, in celebration of Black History Month, guys, we just want to let you know we're all about self-sufficiency. We're also all about uh, the Buy Black movement where, you know, support a Black entrepreneur guy. You know, you know, purchase from products or services from a black entrepreneur. Just try it. You know, you never done it before. Or you've done it once the last six years. Try it and see what happens. Just try, see what kind of effect you can get out of that. Uh, you'd be surprised. So the buy black and help us to recycle at black dollars in the community. We wanted to live longer than six hours, folks. Live longer than six hours. Right now, that's what it is. Right, he, so, Right. We have to more, more than six hours, guys. We have to. It's so important. So make a conscious effort when you leave out the house and you're going to buy something. And some things you can't find in our stores. But what you do is you go, hmm, I'm going to buy this, but then I'm going to go over here and I'm going to buy two or three or four. I'm going to kind of balance it. That's kind of what I do. I do a balancing act, right? Yeah. To make sure that I am sharing my dollars uh, within my community. I am always there to support my community. I also volunteer my time in my community. So in-kind is just as valuable as uh, um, transactional dollars. If you can help a youth group, you can help a senior group, um, uh, feed homeless that or provide some services that will help. That is just as valuable. Do something that, especially during our month, uh, do something that is helping people that look like yourselves, um, uplifting each other. We have a lot of needs, guys. Mental health is one of them. If it's no more than calling a friend that you know that 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 may need to hear you call them that day and just let them vent, then please do that as well. We 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 have a lot of issues. We have a lot of mental issues, and and sometimes it gets the best of us, and we do things that we shouldn't do or we harm ourselves, we don't get health care, we don't go get health care the way we need to. We have a lot going on. I had a friend of mine who I'm going to have on the show. He's an herbalist, and Gilbert, you know him as well. He was on our show when we were in the studio one time. Yeah. He, he, he says, right now, if they had to round us up and enslave us, 
we be too broke down, too weak, too sick to even be slaves right now. <laughs> oh Lord. So, we, we couldn't be that strong force that they need, right? No, oh, we do broke down to beat down to whatever. So with that, guys, we're going to close out the show. Patricia, hello. Everyone that tuned in, Greg, thank you for your input and research for us. We appreciate it. Bree, thank you. Tell them about you. the subscription, co-host. Huh? Tell them about the subscription. Yes, and please like. go over to the Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. Subscribing on you on Facebook or LinkedIn doesn't get us to subscription on YouTube. So please go over to YouTube and subscribe to us. Um, subscribe to our channel. Uh, and we're looking to grow that channel so we can monetize, um, monetize the channel. So we need your help. And this has been a great show. So go out and share it. Um, to share it with your friends and family. Come back next week. We have more incredible information that we want to share with you. Have a and great week. Just remember that black business that you support, folks, may very well be your family's black business or a friend of yours. So keep Excellent. that in mind. And if you're in Los Angeles, guys, the Pan-African Film Fest actually is kicking off this week and will be here to the end uh, to the 21st, I believe. Go look at some great films, support some great uh, film uh, uh, writers and directors and uh, actresses and actors, as well as go and uh, support the merchants. There you go. That's how you can support your dollars. Go support the merchants and as well as the artists that are over that are going to be having their uh artwork on display so go check it out talk to you we'll see you guys next friday with another great show bye bye everyone bye as a small biz pro i so we roll using procurement program and control as a small biz pro i so we grow using procurement program and control i'm a business man yes i'm a